Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on? Oh, man. I'm I'm excited. Really? Yeah, I'm excited about today's Ready to episode. mix things up? I'm, yeah, man. I'm excited for so many different reasons. I don't even know where to start. Actually, I do know where to start. I'm going to start by introducing Joel Johnson, the creator of Mixtape the Game. Hi, Joel. Good morning, gentlemen. What's going on? AFC Championship. Yeah. Super yeah. Bowl bound. We got to make sure this comes out before the Super Bowl now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, go Chiefs, go, go Chiefs, and now. we we get to play Silicon Valley. Screw those guys. Yeah, sure. I forgot about that. Do yeah. you know what? The last time Kansas City uh, locked horns with San Francisco, we lost in the 2014 World Series. Oh. I'm pretty sure Madison Baumgartner is still That's throwing funny. pitchers out of the K. Nice. <laughs> do do we, are they going to have that? One jackass be the announcer, Joe. What's his name? Joe, Joe Buck. Buck. Oh my God! Isn't please that no. baseball? Please no. Please no. I'm pretty please sure no. it's a baseball thing. Does he yeah. do football too? Please no. Who knows? That is definitely he is amongst the most hated people in He'll Kansas. He'll still City. be talking about Bumgarner while calling the Chiefs. Bro. You know who is not one of the most hated people in Kansas City? Joel. Joel. Yeah. Thanks. So anyway, for those of you that are longtime listeners, not ever callers. Um, you're aware that we play mixtape the game. You're possibly aware that we have Matt and I in full scale have also invested in the game. Why? Because it's so much fun. It is fun. Yeah. So we figured that we ha- we're going to finally tell the story of mixtape the game and we have a special announcement. So stick around. You're not going to want to miss this, people. Ooh. So, Joel, for those that haven't listened, what is mixtape the game? Oh, I should know this by heart, but I don't. Uh, Mixtape <laughs> is a party game that allows people to make connections with each other via songs from their past or their future or whatever comes off the top of their head. Okay. So for those of you listening, you know that we often draw cards from the mixtape deck. I'm about to slap your hand, Watson. Keep your hands off the mixtape cards. For those who are watching on YouTube, I'm holding it up. You, you should hold the side up that actually... Oh, yeah. fail. Yeah. <laughs> It's the other way. Around. There you there go. We go. This there is you. this is why I do the heavy lifting around yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. But anyway, you know, mixtapes is a party game, and you know, you pull it. There you go. You, it started there, but that's not where the story ends. But you, you basically what you pull a card out. Yeah, pull a card, read the scenario. Everyone in the group then gets to go through their catalog of songs from their past, from well, college, from high school. Let's play one. I just pulled a card from the mixtape deck. By the way, mixtapethegame.com. You just won sixty the sixty million dollar lottery. What song plays as you go to pick up your check? <laughs> Is there really any choice? It's one of those big <laughs> checks too. <laughs> Is there really any choice? It's gotta be fuck you by CeeLo Green. I know, but we banned that from play. Oh, yeah. Um, what about Forget You by CeeLo Green? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the or Rollin' by Limp Biscuit. Yes, also banned. <laughs> we just banned the entire <laughs> Limp Biscuit catalog. Matt likes to... So anyway, we would all pick an answer. I'm going to pick Money by Pink Floyd. Mm. Mm. Celebrate. Mm, good one. I already answered. 
Fuck you by CeeLo yeah. Green. All right. I'm voting for Joel. All right. I'll vote for Joel. Yeah. Thanks, guys. So Joel would have won. Joel We're won. Not, we are not allowed to vote for ourselves. And you just play and play and play and play. So, Joel, how do you go about starting a party game? Like, what? Like, at what point are you like, you know what? This is this is my startup. This is my business. You want from the very beginning, yeah. like when I thought the idea yeah. might be work or yeah. might work and be tangible. Um, but based off the success of Cards Against Humanity, um, we had played that with friends, found it to be funny and a good time, but it did get old eventually. Um, there wasn't any real personal connections because you were playing answers that someone else had written. So, um, being a, from a family of music lovers, uh, you know, family reunions and stuff like that, we'd always play music. We're always laughing, dancing, drinking, partying. And, um, we thought, what if we could kind of capture that same type of interaction where you get to choose what you think is the best card or song and, uh, bring a little music into it. So, being, you know, having a little background in product design, um, we took kind of the same model and started writing scenarios just off the top of our head and forcing each other to pick songs that fit those scenarios. So that was kind of the, the real basic start of it. And when was that? That was actually like 2013. Okay. So probably two years before I actually said, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to write 200 scenarios. I'm going to design a logo and the box and start branding this thing and seeing if I could get it into a physical form that I could tangibly hold in my hand and share with people. So some, some of these scenarios are pretty crazy. Were you guys on drugs when you came up with these? <laughs> Not uh, at the time, <laughs> but we all have a dark history. You're writing, <laughs> you're writing Falcor from the never ending story. It's true. And blah, blah, blah. And yeah. What song is playing? I mean, we wanted it to be. <laughs> do you have to be on drugs to come up with that? Maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't think you do. I mean, everyone loves the never ending story. And everyone's on drugs. So what's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we wanted there to be some irreverence to it, you know. Um, some of them are really funny. Yeah. There was, you know, it, you can add structure to it. You can keep track of points and all that and, and make it as serious as you want. But. The general, you know, the general feeling amongst me and my my brothers and and our friends was that we just wanted it to be fun and silly. Well, I, th I think you hit it uh, earlier when you said everybody loves music, and I think people have always played different kinds of games with music, maybe maybe more ad hoc. Like I'm, I always remember when I was younger, my my uh, family would get together and just play like name that tune, and sure. stuff like that, just yeah. spinning records or whatever back then. But um. Yeah, I think it's great that you've made a music game. And I'm not very sure. Are there other music games like this out there that exist? I, I still don't. Well, there's a knockoff of mixtape, but we don't have to talk we'll about get, that. We'll get into that later. How about yeah, that? but no, there really there really wasn't, which is also part of the reason I felt like I could move forward because I wasn't. We were replicating the structure of yeah. games that exist, but there wasn't anything like it. Well, there's got to be like 50 games like Cards Against Humanity now. For that sure. are not music related, right? Yeah. Um, and some of them are fun. Yeah. I mean, they're all fun. I've got a couple different ones, and they're a good time. Yeah. So there's 200 cards in the deck? Yeah. Okay, so you write these scenarios, and, you know, all right, this is 2015 now, right? Yeah. So in that two-year interim, were you guys just kind of randomly kind of poking around with, like, you played at the family functions? Or yeah, anytime we went just to— Just kind of making up your own game? <laughs> exactly. We would just play a group of friends. We'd say, okay, 
you come up with a scenario off the top of your head. And some of those ended up in the deck. Um, some of them were more serious. But yeah, we just started kind of play testing it just in a social environment with no cards at all and found out that we could do it for about two hours straight and not get bored with it. So we were onto something. Um, yeah. So it was like, okay, I'm actually going to make this happen. Kickstarter, you know, seemed like a viable, um, option as far as getting it financed. I didn't have the money to do it. So I reached out to a company called ad magic, which had done the first cards against humanity deck via Kickstarter. So Cards Against Humanity raised, you know, X amount of dollars and they had this company print the decks for them. So I knew the quality of the cards. I knew what the box looked like. And uh, they seemed to be kind of the entity um, for these indie board games, indie card games that were coming out, that they were the ones that most people were were using for production. So reached out to them, got a dollar amount, started writing out the Kickstarter, researching, you know, what your Kickstarter campaign (laughs) needs to look like. And, uh, and what'd you learn during that? For Because uh, there's people that are listening that probably like to know. Do your research. I mean, um, you know, there's there's a thousand ways to do a Kickstarter. Um, what I found, what I pulled that was I thought was most valuable was I already had the branding in mind. So they were looking at what was more or less going to be a finished product. You know, I had already done the branding. I had already um, written some of the copy and I wanted the copy that I wrote via the Kickstarter campaign to, to match the personality of what the end result was going to be. So it wasn't really formal, you know, the same sense of humor that I've written a lot of the scenarios with, which is just an extension of me and my personality is what I mirrored via the Kickstarter. Um, I also learned that no one gives a shit about you or your product initially. You think that, you know, well, this is going to be huge because I play tested it with 50 people and they all said, yes, I would buy this if if it was a deck. Um, You have to you have to push for it. And sometimes you have to ask for your family to. Well, it's like everything you we all think like if you build it, they will come. But right. It doesn't really work that way. Sure. Well, one of the things uh, that I've learned with the crowdfunding kind of stuff and you mentioned like you build it, they just because you build it, they're not going to come. You're like, you have to, you have to promote it. You have to push it. You have to get it out there. You can't just like drop it in. I'm sure there are a few things that dropped into Kickstarter and someone, you know, they took off and, and then there's also like a whole huge amount of things that no one funded at all. Right. It was interesting (laughs) too, because, you know, mixtape falls, it kind of walks the line where we're not in the hardcore board game card game world. Um, we're kind of in both worlds. So mm-hmm. people that don't have a closet full of games um, enjoyed it. And then people that, you know, have every single indie card game or board game you can think of, they loved it as well. But it was difficult because um, we weren't getting a lot of attention from both of those audiences. You know, um, typical board game geek, which is actually a website, they review all kinds of board games like they just didn't find it interesting. Because it wasn't a strategy game and it wasn't a fantasy game in that typical sense of most of the stuff that they would play. And the casual person doesn't necessarily go buy board games every week. I don't like games like that. I don't want to sit down and like have to get into some deep strategy or like have to have played 400 times to be any good. Right. Or to have to carry dice with me like Johnny. Right. But but in the... (laughs) In the- <laughs> Everywhere he goes, he's got dice. Yes, Johnny. In- and I just asked Johnny to bring me something to drink, so he probably didn't hear that. But that said, um, yeah, Johnny actually has dice in his backpack. Like, he's down to play. Sure. 
about anything. He's got like he's ready to roll different kinds of dice. Right. And there were some limitations even building the campaign because I had to put it in the board games category. But that audience wasn't necessarily the perfect fit for it. It should have been in a music or, you know, a, a little bit more broader of a category. So how did the Kickstarter campaign go? It went good. I mean, I got to half the amount I needed in about 15 days. What, what amount were you trying to raise? I was trying to raise $15,000. And for those of you that aren't aware, those things are all or nothing. So you get, to, you get to your goal or you get nothing. So if you got 14999 not funded. You got zero. Yeah, so I got halfway in about two weeks, which was rad. I think that's what I just said. Anyway, it happened fast. Um, mostly built off of friends of friends here in Kansas City. So what, what were your offers? What do you mean? Like, was it just one? Was it like, hey, you can buy a mixtape deck or did you? The the tiers were broken down. It was a dollar was just thanks. You get nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, Five dollars. I think I gave you a shout out. You know, um, it went up to a hundred dollars was my biggest tier. And what that did was you got to write a card mm. and oh. I would put your name on it and the city and we would publish it in the first deck. Mm. Did anybody do that? Yeah, we had about 15 takers. In that wow. Regard. So a little follow-up uh, recently, and Matt, you weren't here on this day, but um, we did an episode called My Bear Jeff, okay. where Rachel Cohen, local entrepreneur, did a like a buy one, give one bear, which did reach its goal. So she went for 20000 She got up to like 21000 and change. And a whole bunch of a whole bunch of kids that are trauma victims are receiving free bears. It's awesome. Now with that, I there she had a hundred and sixty dollar option, which was get one, give five. Oh wow! And I did that, mm-hmm. and the, but they had some other ones too, where you could just like Daryl, our COO, did a twenty five dollar one, which just gave away a bear or yeah. whatever. But um, you know that was and it was kind of interesting because at first uh, it came out and I think it was like forty days or something like that. And it came out and it got some takers and then it went through kind of a stagnant period. And it wasn't until the last couple of days that people really rallied and sure. and got my bear Jeff into a state, a state of reality. How did it, how did that play out for mixtape? Uh, getting down to the deadline, uh, my parents, they said, we believe in you. We believe in mixtape. We think it's, it's going to go. So they, they threw up the rest. So they have a bunch of mixtape decks. They have, my mom has, yeah, she's got like five of them, but mostly just for gifts yeah. to hand out to well, people. Well, we, as you notice, the, over in the corner, we have a uh, small pyramid of promotional mixtape decks that we gave to our guests yeah. uh, in the fourth quarter last year. And they, they loved them. Now, mm-hmm. we've also had other people in here, like when um, Brock and Brody from Dibby HQ came in, um, Brody's, he's, he loves mixtape. He's been playing it for years. Yeah. Like they love that game. Yeah. And we've had quite a few people that um, as we've played it or, you know, we always ask, you know, here, because if you listen to the show regular, you've heard us play mixtape. Yeah. And some people come in and they're terrified. They're like, man, are we going to play mixtape? And can I see the card ahead of time or something? Which we usually don't go. Okay. So then you raise, you raise a couple bucks. This is still 2015 or have we progressed? No, that's still it. Okay. So then you get the money in, you print the decks, yes, you ship the stuff out. Then what? Uh, I had four pallets of mixtape decks in my garage. Wow, which was cool. I actually was in Sweden for my job, so my brother had to unload the truck, um, pallet jack them in. I had to do that when my books were arrived. 
it's yeah. People don't realize that like when a truck comes, the truck driver isn't expecting to do shit other than like pull up the truck. Yeah. Yeah. So he pulled up and he was with my book with two pallets of books. And I was like, he's like, yeah, all right. You got pallet jack. I was like, no. Yeah. This- I was like, do you have a lift gate? Anything? He's like, no. Yeah. This guy had a the, lift the gate. The guy in the building next door to me had a forklift. He came over and pulled him off the truck for me. Yeah, like for real. Otherwise, we were going to have to like basically. One book at a time. One box at a time. Fireman style. Yeah. Yeah. This this guy was cool. He had a lift gate and a pallet jack. And then once we told him the story, he was like, oh, I'll help you, man. Come on. Get in here. It wasn't his traditional delivery route. So once once we told him the story, he he was down to help. Yeah. The truck driver doesn't. They don't take too kindly. So you got. You got couple pallets of them or whatever did you then have to ship every one of those boxes one by one to everybody on yeah so i had built the shipping parties i had built the website already i had kind of built a pseudo office slash ups in in my house and i had um ordered from uline all the boxes i had rubber stamps with mixtape so i had all of that ready to go prior to the order arriving and uh yeah, once they came in, I updated Kickstarter, let everyone know that, hey, they're in. I was making graphics of like, you know, big boats coming across the ocean. Like, we're three days out from delivery <laughs> uh, with the mixtape logo on the side and stuff. And um, yeah, I, I got them back and started shipping them first to all of the campaign contributions. So I had koozies and stickers and all of these things. And I oh, had free swag. I had a whole line of everything you need to, you know mail and ship everything that you wanted to deliver. I really wanted to make sure that everyone that had donated got all of their stuff just exactly as they, as they had, you know. So, so after all the donors got everything, uh, the people who bought the first, you know, deck, they ordered two decks, whatever it was, Mm -hmm. what did you have left over from that? Did, Did you really have any excess inventory or actually have any real money to help? Or was it pretty much like you sold all that stuff, you shipped all that and you got to help the business, hope the business grows from there, from that kind of yeah, stands so or what, where did that kind of leave you? So I think also I got 2,500 decks with that initial order. So I had funded with the 15,000, you know, some marketing fees and all that. I, I got 2,500 decks. I probably gave away or shipped out 300 for the Kickstarter. Itself. Okay. So not a lot of, I didn't lose a lot of decks. So I was, you know, because it was Kickstarter, I didn't still have any cost other than creating that office and shipping everything out. So now it was time to just get things on the website rolling. Um, and so start. you had an inventory of 2000 next to work with. Correct. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. And the website was good to go. I had square set up so I could ship, you know, with orders online. Uh, and I wanted to get it out locally because I thought if I could get these in stores, a couple of retailers here in Kansas City, there's a good chance that I could replicate yeah. that you know, in other cities across the U.S. So I just started here. Uh, my sister-in-law at the time worked for uh, Standard Style in Baldwin, and uh, she got them in before Christmas. I got the decks in November. So oh, I was nice. just trying a little quick Good hot timing rush. there, yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you learn pretty quickly that fulfilling your order sucks? Yes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, to be honest, I was probably – I thought it was a blast because it was at like – first. Yeah, at yeah. first. Yeah. At first. Um, yeah, the, the initial, the new car smell of order fulfillment wears off pretty quickly. See, I, uh, I went through that with my books. I was like, cool. And then all of a sudden you like realize that you didn't sell like 300 of them and, and like a blast. And now all of a sudden you get sell like one. You have to like stop what you're doing, print the label. Yes. See, go, I, go drop it off, like all that stuff. And you're like, wow, that's a lot for that, like two bucks. That was one of my favorite things back in the Vin Solutions day was to uh, was invoice day. 
I'd have to print all the invoices out and it'd be like a ream of paper and one by one stuff them in envelopes yeah. and mail them out. But like, that was still fun. Like to have a whole, like that's one day ream a month. That's of like, paper. But to... you do them, you do them in a row. And like, <laughs> that that's all, that's all one. I Printing get money. It. I get it. But that's all one sitting. Yeah. But my point is, is like, and a lot of people don't think about this is because, you know, you get that one blast. But if you had to do that, like every if you day, you did like one and not even in a, in a predictable interval. It wasn't yeah. like at three o'clock, you're going to like yep. stuff your invoice envelopes and send them out for the day. It, yeah. I mean, if, at first I, I, I would just crank the music, you know, yep. it was like taking a product from idea to holding it in your hand to someone actually purchasing it. I had a good time with it for a while. Um, when I, when I sent them all out Kickstarter, I used the Leewood post office and they had like a, a like a bin <laughs> where all of it was just mixtape boxes stacked. The, the the team down there were super cool. They they knew the story. They're like, oh man, you're still back here. And then yeah, every day I would ship out five here, eight here, three there, one there. Um there's probably a hundred people just like you that come in there every day with some sort of thing they're shipping. Sure. Well, at some point, like when we ran the ticket company, UPS and FedEx came to us. Oh yeah. Which was like, I mean, but at one point they didn't. And, you know, we had to basically, you had to, I mean, here's the thing. You had to have that stuff there by X time yeah. or it wasn't getting out. And, and that becomes problematic. Well, with tickets to dig is tickets, tickets expire. Right. And also we had to, you know, like StubHub and certain things, like if you don't ship them out on time, they, they start to penalize you. But yeah, I mean, that, that order fulfillment thing is, is, uh you know, kind of a pain in the butt. Yeah. The fear of having a, a bad review or someone saying I didn't get this fast enough. Yeah. That's what drove me to do it well, every right, day as quickly right. as possible. Yeah. So now if you're, if you have a robust enough sales, you know, log, then, I mean, it's way different, but yeah, I mean, cause you know, so books typically sell really quickly when they first come out and then they look like Enron stock. Right. So yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, and that's part of why things like Amazon, in my opinion, okay, so Amazon takes a pretty big chunk for Prime. They'll take like 30% of your sale, but they're also covering the shipping. They're doing the fulfillment. They're obviously doing the marketing. They're dealing with all the upkeep, a whole bunch of other stuff. So at what point did, all right, so you were doing some of that for a while, but that isn't where it ended up. Right. Yeah, I did get into Amazon. They had something called Launchpad, which was for startups. So uh, minimal cost. I mean, it actually didn't cost me anything. They took a very small percentage of each sale. Um, and I was able to kind of set up my own mixtape page and sell it online as well. About that time, some of the larger retailers locally, you know, Amazon was ordering 30 at a pop. So that was a case order. So I didn't have to individually box and black paper wrap and throw a sticker in there. So that made it a little bit easier. And some of the retailers that were, were faithful, you know, they were, they were ordering 20 or so a week and I didn't have to box those. Nice. I could just bring them the boxes themselves. <clears throat> I did go through a stage where I would actually fabricate like a plywood display box because I didn't have that and, you know, stamp it with mixtape and all that. And, and most retailers were like, yeah, we're good. We don't need that. It was kind of janky, but some people loved it and I enjoyed making it just, you know, going through the process. Okay. So eventually you arrived at distributorship. Yes. Now let's talk about that because this is where, where things start to get exciting. Yeah. So I was actually down to about my last 50 boxes from that initial order. And I got a call from uh, Sherry Spiro, who's the CEO of AdMagic, and, which is the company that printed mixtape uh, in that original run. She's also the CEO of Breaking Games, which is 
um, the retail arm of her business. So Ad Magic is more the production side. Breaking Games is the retailer. So she had reached out and said, it was funny because it had been at that time, it had been in stores and they had been printing it for two years. And she said, I was at a, a party at my friend's house and they pulled this game out, mixtape. Uh, she's a musician and has a musical background. So she said, I just, we had such a great time playing it. And, and they told me, you know, you printed this. And she's like, we did. <laughs> so she goes back to the office and sure enough, there's mixtape sitting on their shelf of games that they make. And it was that point she called and said, I want you to license this to me. I think we can get this into bigger stores. So I said, yes. And we did. So how did that work out? Cause there's a pretty big win. You, you left us hanging there. Well, yeah. I mean, it was, it's been great. Um, we got into Barnes and Noble first. Uh, it had already been in Uncommon Goods, which is a e-commerce retailer mm -hmm. out of Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Um, they kept ordering it even after licensing it, and we did uh, Bad Bath and Beyond took a small order. Uh, a couple of small mom and pop kind of game stores around the U.S. started taking it, and then we got it into Target. And now they ordered a lot. They ordered forty nine thousand nine hundred ninety seven decks. <laughs> Why did they come up with that number? <laughs> I know. I just round up three decks and I could save 50, but I did anyway. It's funny. You talk about the mixtape barge. Yes. Bringing over. The, yeah. So you said that 2,500 decks was four pallets. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So in that process, I mean, we had also, we, we reviewed the cards again, you know, they kind of had someone copy edit it cause I had been doing it at the time, which uh, I didn't do that well. Um, we redesigned the box so that, you know, on a shelf with 50 other games, it could stick out. And they really wanted to drive home the, the cassette tape part of mixtape, which in the first design, you know, I didn't have that as obvious. So uh, box looks great, by the way. Yeah. I've always, I've always liked the, the way that you've put this together. I think that the mixtape box looks attractive, the logo, the cassette, because like who really has the cassette anymore? But that was a mixtape. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you ever make a mixtape? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you ever make one for a girl? No. Did you? I made like hundreds of them. <laughs> I was too young for that. It was. It became CDs I when I got to I that wasn't. age. Yeah, right. I wasn't. And then I made CDs, custom well, yeah, CDs. Well, yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, same thing. I remember the uh, the 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 tape to tape. It was like the reel to reel, yes. you know, like where you could reel. I mean, those were the of the actual physical cassette mixtape. Those were the those were the glory days. Yeah, I was all in on. I draw on the cover art, and yeah. And then there was the, the kind too, where you could actually speed up. You could like do it at like two or yes, three times yeah, yeah, yeah. and that way you can make mixtapes even faster. You oh, yeah. really pump some volume out. Yeah. It was I was watching uh the evolution of hip hop series. I've been keeping up with that mm -hmm. on uh on Netflix. And you know, the mixtape itself, like just the self-created tape, has been a very big part of of music history when it came to a lot of really well-known artists, especially hip hop artists, because they were making their own. They're using like the Roland 808 and a home microphone and making like original, like OG rap shit. And they were like selling them like three, four bucks. And, yeah. and I was talking, it was one, one artist, I can't remember who it was. He goes, he goes, there was a time in high school where we had this going so strong. We had $200,000 cash. Oh, wow. Like, and he said that like they would pull up to the school and just basically like everyone was waiting for the new tape. 
Yeah, I mean, I was in Chicago yeah. just a couple of years ago, and a guy hit me yeah. up. He's like, "Hey, man, this is my mixtape. Yeah. Ten bucks, handed me a CD. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take it.' So it's <laughs> <Yeah>. still going. <laughs> yeah, it's still out I've there. I've seen right? that out on the streets. Yeah. yeah, and you can do that a lot easier now because you have things like SoundCloud and stuff like that. Sure, but, you know, it's kind of hard to make the revenue off of that. But yeah, that was uh, so the actual mixtape itself. Okay, so when you license a game, let's talk about the mechanics of that. We don't have to necessarily talk about numbers, but what does that mean? It means that I've just um, given them the right to kind of uh, direct the sales and marketing for my product as they see fit. So I'm not allowed to sell it um, on my own. Um, I work with their team or I have worked with their team to work on just some marketing strategy and stuff like that. I still can speak via social media for mixtape. I didn't give up that right. But as a product itself, I've kind of given ownership um, for a set amount of time to them for the deck for the deck but there was something you left out of that right right so going back to even before we printed the deck the the first iteration of mixtape was to make it an app um, that's what i wanted to do because i thought i could see a little bit of the future of where these were going and i thought it would work well especially when people are separated geographically um the cost was uh, too big of a, a challenge for me at that time. So that's actually why I did the card game, because it was something that I could produce that was affordable. I also thought it was kind of give me an MVP and prove that the idea had value and would sell. I think you proved that with a 50,000 order deck. Now, what's the li the lifetime cycle of this is close to 100,000, isn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. So but with the distributorship agreement, they deal with all of it. Yeah, like, they they like they were the ones that that were recorded Target, right? Correct. Yeah, they have meetings with the buyers from all of the kind of large brick and mortar retailers, both in the U.S. and now in seven other countries. Uh, the deck is is live and selling. Oh, so wow. they do all the trade shows. They do everything like that. They've kind of just taken ownership ownership of of moving it. Um, and so when a, when a um, a parent company or when a, when an organization licenses the rights to something, they're going to take all the responsibility and the uh, risk for printing it yeah. and distributing it, meaning they could print 20,000. Well, they could print 50,000 decks and the target doesn't pay the bill or sends them back. Right. And that's their, that's their issue now. Yeah. That's up to them to deal with. And then the licensee um, is going to get X percentage of revenue. Correct. Yeah. So, so I've, uh, it's a royalty at that point. Yeah. You know, we had agreed upon rate and uh, they, I want them to sell as much as well. And there's an incentive yeah. for them too. the risk, you know, they, they're yeah. going out and pushing it and it's been in trade shows and they take it everywhere they go. They still talk about it. So how is that going? Does it continue to grow? They're doing a good job. Yeah, I'd say there's stable organic growth. Okay. Um, Target didn't reorder this year, which was unfortunate. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't have those details. You know, the the indie game industry is growing as it has for, probably, I mean, since 2015, mm -hmm. since Cards Against Humanity, they kind of paved the way. So there's a lot of competition. Still have yet to see, other than the those that shall not be named, um, I still haven't seen a music game that's structured the way mixtape is. Well, we don't have to name the name, but someone made a knockoff. Yeah, that was a company, actually the first company that approached me about licensing, and I said no to Think about that. You show up to try to sell someone a license agreement. They say no, or you say no. You go license it to someone else, and then they make a freaking knockoff. Yeah. And they made it. It's pretty lame. And got it on the shelves in the same amount of time that we did. 
So we were competing on the shelves at Target. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. That's a bummer. It's lame. Yeah. Why you gotta be hating? That's where Fuck You by CeeLo Green's the right card to play. (laughs) Okay, so uh, now you didn't didn't license the the digital version of the game. Um, And now you're keeping that in your pocket. And it was shortly thereafter that we met. Yeah. Right. So I had done some. Uh, so the target order was in the fourth quarter of 2017. Right. November. Yeah. Okay. We met in. Uh, well, you came to a sweet and greet. Right. You were, you were, you be- ended up becoming one of the model reasons why one of the, one of the silos, uh, one of the pillars of, <laughs> of success. I like pillar. That, that sweet and greet. And, you know, for sweet and greet, when Matt and I launched full scale, we were looking for a way to, I was really looking for a way that we could uh, build a brand within our own community, but do so in a way that was communal and, um, you know, full scale. And once again, and I didn't even mention this, this episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by fullscale.io. That's a business that Matt and I own together. And, you know, we have a couple hundred employees in, in Cebu City in the Philippines, and we help companies build software. And um, we like to consider ourselves as being contributing members of the startup community here in, in Kansas city. So we're sitting around, we're thinking about what could we do? We wanted it to be fun. I think Matt and I, at that point, were so tired of regular networking things. Is that fair to say? Yeah, you don't even sure. like going to them. I, I go to them because it's like part of my job, but I mean, I'm not going to pretend to like love them. So we got suites at the local venues and we started inviting entrepreneurs, investors, and, uh, influencers to come to concerts, sporting events and different this weekend with some of our, uh, some people and we watched monster trucks together. Yeah. Actually you were there with a former startup hustle guest, Matt Basinger, the founder of blade and timber. Did you guys, did you throw axes in the suite? Can you get an ax into the suite? Probably not. Yeah. I don't think that might set off the metal detector. (laughs) Might, but we had a great talk. It was great meeting him. I got to meet him and it was very cool. Like that was the power of the networking of it. it was very cool. Yeah. So, oh, you haven't met Matt, have you? No. Because oh, that's right. That was okay. So, there you go. But with that, um, we had a, I had invited some different people out. We I always try to. Say, I'm I'm kind of the administrator of the sweet and greet. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. I go to most of the events and I try to I try to find a mix of people. Like I don't want it to just be all like clients. I don't want it to just all be this or that. So I've, at that point, it was still pretty early and. Um, I'd invited some different people, but we, it was, was it the Kiss concert? Oh yeah. Oh dude, I'm never going to, okay. So funny story. I overbooked the suite by one ticket and I had to buy myself like a shitty get in ticket (laughs) and I got there and, and, and it was cold, cold, cold. Yeah. And, and Kiss had, had, had not set up on time. They had had some kind of delay they did not open the door. At the time, they said they would. Now, all the suite tickets get an, get an entry an entry to the Founders Club, which is like a VIP entrance, right. but it's on the other side of the building. So anyway, everyone that was with us walked all the way around the building, but I didn't have that ticket. So I had to stand out. I stood outside in a long, long line, freezing my ass off. And then I had to sneak myself into the suite. You didn't hear that. <laughs> didn't hear that sprint center. But anyway, so I finally got up there, cold, cold, cold. And I start talking to Joel and I, 
I said, oh, yeah, you know, he he uh, introduced himself. We started talking about mixtape. I told him that I had a history of working in the music industry. And I was like, man, this is a really cool game. This should be an app. And he and Joel, and never forget, Joel goes, now you know why I'm here. Yeah. I mean, the sweet and greet was this huge. <laughs> I had done a lot of the um, traditional networking or I was in the e-scholars program at that time at UMKC. So trying to put the idea of making mixtape digital in front of people, in front of the startup community, potential investors. And as, as soon as I saw sweet and greet, I signed up like within five minutes, I stopped what I was doing and said, I want to meet someone in a social environment. Right. And I knew that it was going to be pool. Plus I didn't know if it was going to be kiss, but that was just a bonus that it was actual. They shot off a lot of fireworks, a man. badass rock concert. Yeah where I got to be in a suite yeah. and, uh, and, and just share the idea. It never felt like a pitch, you know, even talking with you, it was just real natural. Right. And I, you were the first one that actually took it serious. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Cause we talk about things here that went well and sometimes didn't you, I mean, it, it trying to sell things that are non-traditional, this is like a, this is a different, this is an indie investment. Yeah. And I say indie just meaning like it's it's different. It's not mainstream. It's not like a straight for like Stackify as a software as a service. Yeah, it's platform. not a B2B SaaS company. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is more of a consumer play. It's an right. app, it's a mobile app. It's and a it's game. and it's a, and it's, it's different. A, yeah, yeah, and it's also something that well, it's that at that point licensed yeah. but doing well, but mm -hmm. still, you know, you have some questions around it. So I had questions around it. Now, with that at full scale, some of the things that we had committed to was in reinvesting some of our, our resources. And, you know, the, the reality is, is when you have a couple hundred people at this point, we were at maybe like a hundred. But we have people that are looking for things to do because the idea that 100% of our staff is fully engaged with clients 100% of the time is 100% wrong. Right. Um, so, you know, I like the idea of it, but... Uh, but you, had you had you had you th had you talked to other people? There was some there there was some like this isn't some, most most in, investment people are going to look at this and be like this isn't normally what we do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even applying to tech stars, I had really good real conversations with investors or leaders in the startup community here, and they just they couldn't find a fit for it, or they or they you know some of them you know just blatantly said uh, this isn't serious. You know, this isn't something we would give you money for. It's just not serious. We don't see any uh, growth. We don't see any revenue potential in it. Uh, the target factor, of all I, while I thought was was a fairly strong reason to at least give it more consideration, just didn't seem to open anyone's eyes or ears or wallets. I looked at, at it. I looked at it differently, um, and having having had a history with music, I. I and we even talked about this. I, I feel like I kind of got it right away. Just meaning like I, there's, well, first off, I looked at a business that had no expenses. Like there aren't any expenses. And it had positive revenue. Right. Which is, all, the, the, wait, does that, that doesn't work for most of them. <laughs> wait, you make money? But with that, it just seemed, it seemed pretty low risk. But I liked the, I, I look at mixtape and it's so fun to play and it has this ability to generate passive income. And I thought it would make a really cool app. And with that, if I'm going to be involved in something from an investment standpoint, I want it to be something that I could potentially make a call, do something. I don't know, man, move the needle, help, right. 
do something. I mean, I think you're kind of the same way with things you've invested in, Matt, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's fun to do things that you're passionate about, you really enjoy. Right. And, and, you know, we liked the game and it was fun. And, you know, and like I said, I thought it, um, I wanted to have a mobile app uh, project that was there in the office that, and we've, we've made a couple other investments into different companies like Divi HQ is one. And that some of these uh, healthy hip hop, and these things give us some places to um, let, you know, some of our people that are in transition find, find a home occasionally. And, um, but with that, I thought that mixtape could be one of those things. I could see people playing it all around all the time, but you asked me, um, so we, and we won't disclose terms, but we made an agreement to purchase 25% of the company. Um, and for X amount of service. Yeah. And you were asking, we were talking about this before we record. So well, I, I don't know, are we going to be able to m- build the app? And I was like, I have no fucking clue, Joel. Yeah. Like those are pretty much the words out of my mouth. I was like, we're going to try our best, but I have never been building a- software is hard. Well, right. And I've never done anything like this because this is something that's going to have to work on different kinds of mobile devices. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to be signed in different ways. And then anything that's sharing things across those devices in a kind of a real time kind of way. Yeah. Is this your first time, Joel, building software like this? Correct. So how for, for other founders that are listening that are thinking about doing it, what would you tell them? You there's a there's a universe of things that you do not know and you can't read about and you don't know if the connection between the things in your mind you think will work are possible. Um, they eventually, they, they were with mixtape. I mean, there was just a bunch of unanswered questions that were unknown to me prior to mapping this out as far as my experience would allow me to. So when people would come up and say, well, you know, if they're on this device and this device, how are those things going to connect? Right. Are they going to be able to play at the same time? These are things that I just had no idea that. I mean, is it fair to say that it it took it has taken like twice as long as you would you would think it would take? Yeah, I mean the, the fact that you were real honest about whether or not we we knew it was possible or these things would even work uh, that really helped set my expectations of reality. Plus everything I had read about you know these things take longer they they go over budget so to speak. Um, there's just a lot of unknowns, even though you can read that it's possible, um, actually making it happen is a challenge and you have to, you have to not pivot the whole idea, but you have to accept some, um, some, some challenges might push you in a slightly different direction than you want it to go. Are you okay with that? You know, um, I was because some of those things were improvements, you know, some of the things that the full scale team suggested or brought up as a challenge and, and a way to go around it, work around it or suggest something different, ultimately made it what it is right now, which is a better version of what I thought it would be. Um, the functionality is there, and uh, we will continue to improvement. But as a baseline, this is extremely challenging, um, both. Well, what, what, so I worked with Joel a little bit. I mean, barely, you know, let him be the product owner of it. And about once a month kind of sat down to see where we're at and mm-hmm. talk to the team when I was in Cebu. Um, what was that? Probably five months ago. Yeah. Um, sat down to finally play. Now we had, now we'll be up front. We had some issues with it because that it, I was right. The connect, trying to connect all these devices and that kind of real time ish 
mode of play is hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. And, you know, there's game servers and stuff like that is where we basically arrived at. But trying to get things to work on people's different devices. And then also one thing is all this mu- all this music that you're playing, it's it's licensed. It's owned. It's the property of the artists or yeah. the label or something like that. So, so they integrate with Spotify. And that's where we arrived. Now, that'll be the first of many. Because yeah. you got to be able to sign into it. But, you know, so then you have to integrate the Spotify API. Now, here's the thing is there's limitations because the only thing that would actually work, you have to be a premium member, not just have Spotify. Right. <laughs> so so that that's still something that we're dealing with from, from the build standpoint is if you don't have Spotify premium, you're not going to play the app. And I guess we can go ahead and say that we have an app now. Right. And it's fun. Yeah. And we're going to play it here in a minute, which I'm probably going to win. Um. But with that, let's talk about that. So about five months ago when I was in Cebu, I sat down and we had built the very first version of the app to be very, very, very similar to the actual. Okay, now I'm not a reading rules or the way we play mixtape here on the show is actually not the real rules. The real rules have like a judge involved and some different stuff like that. We play like the lazy version where we pick a card because we play a one card game here. We don't know. Right. So with that, we had built the original version to very much emulate the card game. But and Joel and I would talk and we played it and we we're just kind of like, there's something missing here. Yeah. There's just the digital version. And the problem was, is if one person, if any part of the gameplay relied on one person having their shit together and actually being there at their device and they weren't it would hold the whole thing up right? or it would ruin the game or something like that. So we um, sat down and I, you know, I was there in Cebu and kind of whiteboarded it out and I had just finished rereading the story brand, um, which is a marketing book about, you know, telling the story of your brand. And I kind of used a lot of those principles to try to make the uh, user experience of the game a little easier. It's like some of the instruction cards. Yeah. Like just like, cause that, I think that's, what's hard is like, so at that, at this point, like you have a wife and you're also married to mixtape right? because you've been playing it for so long. And that makes, that makes things kind of hard. Now with that, I didn't want to just like say, Hey Joel, this is how mixtape is now. Right. So we would, we talked about it some and um, we knew that there was something missing, but we, we, we stretched it back out because there was goofy things. Like, for example, if you had an even number of players, what do you do with the tie? Sure. And, you know, so, and if the, you, those are the fun examples of as a software development team, like the whole team's held up and like, oh, we have this big issue in this blocker and we don't know how to deal with it. And, and then like days could go by. Yeah. And nobody knows what to do and, and how did. to solve these things. Yeah. And yeah it's I mean, a little things like that that nobody ever thinks of that all of a sudden become like a giant time suck. Right. Yeah, I would say, you know, the, the length of time it took to get it this far wasn't because the team wasn't working on stuff. It's it's things like that. Where it's like, I, I don't just, know what to do. Right. And I think, you know, for speaking to a new, another founder, I would say, you know, you need to be flexible in, in when you get input from people, mentors like you guys, that was part of the reason the investment was more valuable than just a traditional money one is because at that point, both of you had reviewed it and kind of given a laundry list of what you thought would be improvements or what you thought sucked. Now, me as a founder, I can either ignore those and say, this is how I'm going to do it, or I can take them into account and think about them. And all of them, we've implemented all of them, you know, because I don't know those things. You do. You do. 
you know, our developers were bringing up stuff and I was like, you know what, that sounds good. Let's go with that. Well, and, and there are some development firms that you may work with and you give them the specs and you get exactly the specs, right? And they don't really provide that kind of feedback. Exactly. And next thing you know, the game would end in a tie and like just explode. Yeah. Because well, nobody, was, nobody thought of that scenario. So yeah. That, like, well, that was like, that was like, <laughs> that was like one of the issues. And that was actually what I liked about getting involved in the business is because Joel's entire life did not depend on mixtape. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that, that removed a little bit of the stress or pressure of the timeline. And then with that, I mentioned one of the things at full scale is, is we, you know, we've had a few different developers come through mixtape. So from our, our mobile developer, uh, team, there's five or six people that have worked on mixtape. And so that can kind of speed things up and kind of slow things down. But at one point we had a, um, we had about a 60 day period where we didn't have a bunch of new mobile app clients. So with that, um, that actually, we made a lot of progress yeah. with the game then. Cause we had a bunch of people that were weighing in on some different stuff. We got the game server pop in and then learn to resolve a tie. Um, I, you know, that's when I was there, I was looking at it and I was like, what should we do here? And I was like, we need, and I, for what I had just the night before won a jackpot at the, <laughs> at the waterfront <laughs> casino, which I'm the only person that's ever won money at that casino after that. But I was like, dude, you should do it like a slot machine. And that's where we came up with, with the yeah. tie. So it'll, it basically, it does randomize it. And yeah. it is what it is, but it keeps the game moving. Yeah. And even them, you know, not being so beholden to specs and things like that, you know, the amount of developers that you guys had, the team that's worked on it allowed different points of view. And at, from a product standpoint, you know, this isn't the only thing I have going. I wanted flexibility. The whole game itself lives and breathes off of different perspectives, different points of view, different tastes in music, different experiences. So as we're building this product, that that's only going to add value, right. you know. Yep. It's not just my perspective, my opinion, and what I think is going to work. It's it's everyone. So that well, was a bonus. Let's play. I've, I'm already getting it ready. So if you want to play mixtape, the app you can. It's in uh, now. I want to let you know that at the time of this recording, you got it's it's functioning with Spotify Premium. We're going to broaden that out. Um, and you know, this is, we'll call this the beta version. Yeah. Um, we wanted to get it in the app store and, and we realized that there's things that we need and want to improve. So in, inside the app, I've decided to play with friends and I've created an invite link and I just text that to, uh, both of my future participants who momentarily will be joining me in the game lobby. Now you can play against your friends. There's also an open an open feature here. We're hoping this is really like words with friends and you can just play with the entire world. If Joel would just join the game here. Oh, there he is. Now I'm going to, I'm going to hit this button that says start game. Now in the uh, comments and down below, whatever you're listening to, we'll have some links to this stuff. So here you go. We're going to get started. Oh, did this just crash? Oh wait, no, no. there's the game. Yeah, I was like, Wow. Okay, you're a model about to take the most important runway walk of your life. All the models backstage don't think you have what it takes. What song plays as you blow their minds on the catwalk? There's only one answer for this. <laughs> okay. And now I have selected a song. I'm submitting it, confirming it. Another player has submitted <laughs> that song. Uh, see, that's an example of a software bug that somebody didn't account for. Why? 
if more than one person can it told the me same i had yeah, to did. We I, I know i know yeah. i'm getting I, but those I are the things that cause problems hang on but did you get did, so neither of you were able to get the song in no, no. i did i got okay. it first, yes, Whoever got the first, it first. yeah i was already late and i have a feeling i already knew the song so i went another direction okay not the band i've just... submitted did you submit <laughs> oh yeah did you man yeah Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So well, I can't vote for myself. No. I'll vote for you. Damn. We all knew that was the song. So my options are She Thinks My Tractor's <laughs> Sexy, which is me. <laughs> I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred or Work by Rihanna. Now, once everyone has cast their vote... <laughs> so oh, yeah i won baby Woo-hoo! so we did so with this the app is now saying announcing that the round is over and it the winner gets to play their song for 35 oh, seconds yeah. which we wanted to be artist friendly there that is enough time that a uh that a band or an artist will earn a royalty for yeah. a, a play on on spotify and it's also the spoils of the victory on to the next card your boss calls you into a meeting, though you have no clue what it's about. You know it's going to be major. What plays in the background as you walk down the hall and turn the door handle? Hmm. Okay, I've made my selection. I have submitted. I'm waiting for these two jokers. Now, with this give you a little perspective there is a 90 second timer so there's currently 50 seconds left um when you're looking at the user interface you can there's a search feature that uh there's a search feature that lets you help it you can search spotify so on the last round i entered sexy in yeah. there because i was looking for i'm too sexy which watson had already chosen but you can definitely help Oh, and it's time to vote. So the choices are Break Stuff by Limp Biscuit. I wonder who picked that one. Quick, Quit Playing Games by Backstreet Boys or All About the Benjamins by Diddy, which was my choice. I am not picking Limp Biscuit. I thought Limp Biscuit was outlawed. We're going to talk about well, software <laughs> solutions. That scope are not, creep. That was not in the scope yes, of the software yes. design. So I have voted. For, I'm going to just be up front while they're still voting. I voted for Backstreet Boys because I will not vote for Biscuit oh. because it's been banned. Okay. The votes are in. Everyone has chosen. The votes are being tallied. Oh, and the winner is Quit Playing Games by the Backstreet Boys. Maybe you're getting fired. Maybe you're getting a raise. You never know. That's why I picked all about the Benjamins. So anyway, the app is keeping score. Currently, Joel has one. Watson has one. I have zero. Now, I do have a skip feature on here, which I've chosen. Now, all players have to pick skip. Majority. The majority of players have to pick skip. So someone's really riding out their win here. I'm it's not me. I'm muted oh, and I skipped. Man. What song plays while you stand on the bow of Titanic with your new love? God, I want to pick Fuck You by CeeLo Green so bad. How do, you, how do we deal with the fact that that's the best answer to every card? Well, it's not. But it is for 98% of them. 
Oh, what song plays while you stand on the bow of the Titanic with your new love? I can't get the search to work now for some reason. Why? I don't know. Probably because you don't have a good answer. I searched for Limp Biscuit last time. <laughs> it penalizes. Maybe I found that. a bug. <laughs> I can't search. No. Okay, so I have to pick one that's on my screen here, I guess. Uh, the answers are I Love You by Billie Eilish, Sweet Child O' Mine by Guns N' Roses, or Pony <laughs> by Genuine. <laughs> oh, I have cast my vote. And sweet- yes! Yes! <laughs> and as you, can, as you can hear, the app... Yes. Does that mean I'm the winner? Not I got yet. two votes. Doesn't Are no. we done? Well, no. It's a five, round it's game. A five card game. Oh, we're going to keep going. Yeah, I'm hitting skip. All right. Unbelievable. Next what? card. Nobody like Pony? What song plays in your head as you cruise around town all gangsta before you snap out of it and realize you're driving a minivan? I can't wow. search. No. Really? No, it doesn't work. It's broke. See? Nothing. Hmm. I can't play. (laughs) No. Oh, this isn't good. I can't enter a vote. I can't pick a song. There's a reason for that. This is why building software is hard. We've built this app (laughs) to penalize you. This is so, how I got banned. I picked you, Limp Bizkit pick and it was Limp over. Biscuit, it, begins to, it slowly begins to self-destruct. Uh, well, sorry, guys. I guess our game's over. I can't even play anymore. We're going to play without you. Now, we should talk about that. What happens if someone doesn't choose? Well, a lot of things have we've, we've decided upon. Some of them have worked. Some of them don't. Usually... Um, they would still get a chance to vote. In some cases, it would submit a song for them. Yeah, but uh, we pulled that back out. Right. Because what was it picking? What was the default? Uh, the Never Gonna Give You Up. By yes. yes, the default pick. <laughs> the, <laughs> there should be some random ones like that. Okay, so I agree. Due to, due to not knowing how to... Oh, whoa, we have two Ice Cube selections. Oh, so wow. Matt didn't technically get his vote in in time. Right. Which meant that the game moves on without them. And that was one of the things in the original game. And once again, we mentioned the beta. I had the winning song. I'm sure you did. Yeah. It so, was definitely White and Nerdy so by now Weird Al Yankovic. It was a good day. Yeah. And DeCourcy's back in the game. So you still got to vote. You, your song just wasn't up for selection. Yeah. So anyway, we can skip that and move on to the final card. You can finally quit the worst job you've ever had. Can I? You tell off the boss and all of your incompetent coworkers in an epic fashion what song is playing as you slow motion strut out the door. That Cito Green song would work here. I feel like we talk about him a lot. I know. See, I still can't search. It like took the first letter I put in it and did a search. And then when I put another letter, it won't search. So... If you're listening, don't pick Lint Biscuit songs and your app will not be disabled. So these are some of the things that 
you know, like I mentioned, having a beta, this, when you're building software, like this shit's hard. Like you're on, okay, we're on iPhones and here on Android. Yeah. So like what caused that on song on, on card four. Oh, right. Now the whole thing just crashed. I think I white screened as well. Oh, we all white screened. <laughs> Does that mean that it didn't happen? <laughs> this is why building software is hard. only here on startup hustle <laughs> would that happen so anyway that was awesome we live we learn and my we, but my phone is messed up and we improve and we, improve, and oh, we improve so and by the way we'd like you to play and send us your feedback because those are the kind of things and this that's why you do a beta right yeah Right. So now we went through all kinds of crap on the way to that. Just yeah. meaning like just trying to test it and different stuff. And that was always a challenge too. And that's part of why, you know, if you have an app or a game or anything like, okay, so we haven't officially quote launched this. Like we're not promoting it. We're not really call this more like our friends and family. It's in beta. Yeah. yeah but, in beta. For, for, but for this kind of reason yeah. and you know, so that kind of stuff is, you know, you can get your app in the app store, which is a really good idea. So you can mess around with it because what you think works in the test emulators and all the other crap probably isn't going to be the exact same thing as it when it's on someone's phone. Right. And since it's, since it's been in there, which has probably been a month or so, I haven't had that happen in the month that I've played it since we got it into both, at, both right. stores. Now, and we were talking before, like we've made a whole list of improvements and stuff like that and got to push those live. If right. you ever have an app in an app store, also, you got to keep in mind, it takes them a couple of days to approve it sometimes. Yeah. You got to do a different. So, so did we declare that I'm the winner? No, no, I had two votes. I could not lose. Even if one of you won, I still would have had my two. Would we, now, would, in that well, case, would, got... would we have played a sixth card? Have we provisioned that? No, well. Or would it just, or does it just spin two, two and one? Yeah. Yeah. I think there would have been a, there would have been a spin for the winner. Yeah. Just what are you going to do? Yeah. Play infinite cards. It was a good day. So, and now that's, that's, and as we kind of close out, that's the kind of weird stuff. It's tough to provision. It's like you're sitting down and you're trying to build software and you're just like, okay, what happens if it's two, two, one? Now what happens if it's. And the, and the software engineer doesn't give a shit. He's like, literally tell me what line of code to write. Right. Right. What happens if it's five people playing and it's one, 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 yeah. like you could literally like, okay, you know, like how do you figure that out? And that, those are the kind of things that, that I felt that I felt were kind of challenging along the way. For sure. That. Other than just the general connectivity, like, like we mentioned, like two iPhones and an Android phone, like Joel and I, we weren't having this issues. We also I blew you up, I guess. We also right. didn't enter Lint Biscuit. That's and true. it's not just, I mean, you want the developer to know what the solution is, but at the same time, as a product owner or whatever, you, you want that solution to be fun or to be <laughs> well-received by the person playing the game. Someone might be like, why does it have to be a random spin of the dice or spin of the wheel? Yeah. You know, I want to, I want the option to do this. So with the feedback that we'll get, hopefully from the beta, we'll be able to kind of further go down that road of making user-friendly choices we, for well the end and, result. and as we close out we'll even talk about because joel we're going to have you back we're going to actually start we're going to make this a little more recurring cool um because we want to keep up with the story so the having being in beta and we'll talk about some of the things that we were planning on proving uh, some of the feedback we got is well i don't have a spotify premium account right we knew, we knew that was coming yeah what were some of the other ones do you have apple music yeah well that's the same thing yeah, apple right. music another thing like the submit button 
yeah. like some user experience things until you, until you put it out and, you know, and that's the thing is people are like, Oh, I want to go through 900 iterations before I launch it. Just put it out. Just let some people mess with it and, and let them tell you what they find to be confusing unusable what they don't like and when you hear the echo there you go nothing's obvious to a first-time user to anything so you have to walk them through it so other than congratulating me on the mixtape championship and the lifetime achievement award you're not congratulations thank you matt so i just i just want to point out this is why we don't use software during the podcast (laughs) yeah I would second that. The but, first, the first time ever. But like, I, like, I, like I said, I mean, part of you kept maybe you were foreshadowing something there. Well, we, but we, funny. we are though, because you know, like I said, part of the thing here in 2020 that we want to do going forward is we want to share the stories of certain things that we're working on or with. And these are like, here's the thing: this is normal shit. Like right. your app crashed, or it's it, did, it wasn't perfect, or it wasn't yeah. whatever. So now you know, go get go fix it. Right. Yep. You know, go fix it. Don't cry about it. Just get, you know, you got to get back to work. You got to do stuff. This is normal stuff, like regardless of who you are. So, Joel, we're going to continue to have you involved. We have some other fun and interesting announcements involving you, but we'll wait for a later episode for that. Um, and now normally we would do the Founders Freestyle, but we don't, we're going to forego that. We're going to let that part of the show crash because we're having you back for some more of these. We've got a couple more ongoing things that we're going to be introducing for everyone soon. So stay tuned. Download Mixtape the app. See you next time. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle. We do it.